right here with a special edition of The Short Thing on a Tuesday, recording our Masters recap. Warren and Ryan here since we went live on air Sunday. Good reason why we weren't live on air. Ryan was has his aunt's birthday in Austin that he had to go to, and I was lucky enough to be on the grounds at Augusta National on Sunday. So this is our Sunday from the Masters. And it was uh, it was pretty amazing to be on the ground Sunday at Augusta. We'll talk about that a little bit. Oh, I mean, we'll pretty much talk about that throughout the whole uh, program. But Patrick Reed, the winner of the Masters at 15 under, one shot over Ricky Fowler and two shots over Jordan Spieth. Rory McIlroy really had nothing in the bag on Sunday, which was really, really disappointing. thought Rory was going to complete the career grand slam a couple weeks ago. I picked him. Uh, to win, and he got fifth place. Kind of disappointing. Really never mounted a charge on Sunday after the second hole. Patrick Reed, your winner. A lot. I don't think this is a very popular win for the fans. Definitely could tell it wasn't a popular win from the fans on the grounds on Sunday. Like, nobody, I could tell, wanted Patrick Reed to win. And I felt bad. I felt kind of bad for the guy that no one wanted. Look, I wasn't pulling. He was not choice number one of the leaderboard for me to win. I would have preferred Ricky to win, Rory to win, and then Jordan with the Sunday charge that he was making him the win. Uh... But I was uh, the crowd was not in Patrick Reed's favor, which to me, a guy that went to Augusta, won two national titles at Augusta State, uh, was was not. I'm look, the whole crowd's not an Augusta based crowd. People come from all over the world to go to the Masters, but still, he had no support. So Ryan, I guess I should have brought you in a couple uh, about thirty seconds ago or anything. But what was your thoughts on the Masters before I went on that? Uh, yeah, no, it looks like, uh, I mean, as far as I'll start kind of from the lower, work my way up to, to Patrick Reed. Jordan Spieth, man, still continues, even though he didn't get the W here, still continues to shoot well at Augusta. That was the first thing that jumped out to me. I mean, another third-place finish. He's never finished worse than, what, fourth in his uh, – now 11th. His, he oh, got 11 in 2017. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, there, but I guess that's my fact. But, but still, I mean, he, yeah. um, you know, still continues to shoot well. Like you said, Rory just really didn't have anything going after that second hole, which was surprising. Everyone thought it was going to come. It was going to kind of like his, his tournament to lose type deal. Uh, Ricky Fowler really made a nice run there at the end, hit a couple really nice shots uh, between, I, I think, 15 and 18 to kind of put himself in position there. Um, and then Patrick Reed, he's a guy that I've heard of before, didn't know a whole lot of his backstory. I even texted you, was like, you know, why is everyone hating on him? Um, but you can kind of tell that he plays with like a swagger, or I, I don't know if it's a, even if it's a swagger, just kind of like a, a cockiness. Uh, yeah, the, a cockiness of like a screw you attitude. And yeah, I was kind of drawn to it. I don't know why. I kind of uh, like the heel characters in sports. Like I'm more of a Bryce Harper over Mike Trout guy, not saying that he's better, but just saying the whole personality and stuff he brings to the game. I loved heel LeBron when he was in uh, Miami. Like I, I don't know why. I just like those, the, the, the one that everyone's rooting against. So for me, Patrick Reed winning it was kind of funny because the traditional golf "Quote unquote purists, the old folk, uh, the old fogies out there. Um, you know, they didn't really like it. But I mean, this is a guy that's won a Ryder Cup with uh, uh, the U.S. and he was. They were calling him Captain America, even with a bad body that he had. Well, <laughs> the, the chubby guy out there. Yeah. I was like seeing the chubby guy do it. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, he he played some. He his putter was just unreal. He was, he was. putting the ball like and he, crazy and yeah. sinking a lot of shots or setting himself up with two putts uh, from you know far away and setting himself up for for good uh, good position for to sure. birdie or par or whatever. And, I think his win comes down to the chip in on 15 on Saturday when he holed out for Eagle. That kind of set him. Uh, had a nice, comfortable cushion of three-shot lead going into Sunday. But, yeah, that's another thing, too. Uh, we were all um, 
we were, I was talking to the patrons out there who were sitting around us. We we're like, Patrick Reed like helped win the Ryder Cup. So why shouldn't we be rooting for him? But I guess the Ryder Cup's a team sport, and you're just rooting for your favorite. You're just rooting for the country, and he's part of the country, so you root for him. This, you want your favorite individual golfers to get in there, so you would prefer someone who you actually like to root for. And Patrick Reed's a great golfer. He's won five times before this, now six times on tour. I just think it starts with like his uh, him saying, oh, I'm a top-five player, and good for him for the confidence, and he really is good. Now he's 11th in the world. And some of his stuff with the family issues, there's been a lot of stories about that, how he doesn't talk to his parents, like his side of the family, he doesn't talk to them. He just talks to his wife's side of the family, and it seems like she, his wife, was part of the reason because of that. So it's kind of sad that his parents weren't able to be there. They were three miles away in their house at Augusta, in Augusta, Georgia, and weren't able to see him uh, win the green jacket. But great tournament. And so Sunday at the Masters, this was my first time ever to Augusta National. And we could we can sprinkle in things from around the, from what happened during the tournament uh, throughout this. The place is spectacular. They are playing. Everyone else is playing chess, and Augusta National is out there playing checkers. I mean, they are no, doing vice versa. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> other way around, other way around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, my bad. I, I was saying it right all weekend until. But yes, everyone else is playing checkers, and they're out there. Moving the queens. I mean, they're playing chess, and it is unbelievable. So the parking's free. Everything is free. So we got the tickets uh, because someone who my dad works with, um, she said, hey, if you ever want to go to the Masters, she's been telling telling him this for like 10 years. Hey, you ever want to go to the Masters? I got to hook up for tickets. Well, finally, I pestered him enough, I guess, to say, hey, let's try and go this year. So the only day we could go was Sunday. And for golf, Sunday at the Masters is like the biggest day of the year. Um. You don't kind of want to go, I think, because you want to see all the shots on TV. But after going, I think I'd go every Sunday at the Masters. It's that incredible. We walked, we entered through the North Gate, which was like closer to the clubhouse, like the main entrance, I think, and that was kind of cool. You walk by the practice range on the left, the tournament practice range. The members aren't allowed, to, which is spectacular. The golf shops on the right, the new golf shops on the right. Then you got concessions and everything, and then you walk a little bit farther down. And it's, you're just in the first fairway. And you just see the hills, and you see the first fairway, the Masters leaderboard on the right, and the hills, and it's just spectacular. It's unbelievable. The gates were supposed to open at 8 a.m. We stayed in Charlotte. We left Charlotte at like 4.50, a little earlier than our scheduled 5 o'clock, but we were up, so we're like, all right, we'll just go. And uh, got there, had to stop at Bojangles, since you know there's no Bojangles here. I I've always wanted to try that. It's good. Oh, it's man. good. It is good. It's like the Whataburger of the uh, Carolinas in that part of the country, but it's okay. more based on chicken sandwiches. So it's like a Chick-fil-A. Yes, it's like a Chick-fil-A, but it's like their Whataburger based on that. Gotcha. So then we got there, and the people started letting – they started – the gates were open before that. We got in at like 7.30, 7.40, and the way they do it, it's hilarious. So they, they break you up in clusters, so there's never such a long line at the gate. So they let this many people, then a guard will come out and be like, oh, wait, 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 here for a couple minutes, and then they'll let the go to move you up a little bit. Hilarious how they have this old plan. And then we ran up to 18. Well, you're not allowed to run. Power walked up to 18, grabbed a chair from my dad. I'm like, we'll get a spot next 18. So we were parallel to the lip of the green side bunker on the left. So right next to the pin, the only problem was when everyone stood up, we really couldn't see the hole or the flag. So we're just going based on whatever. But it was still cool to be around 18. Uh, the course is spectacular. There's I didn't see one brown grass. Everything is green. 
The divots are green. They just I'm telling you, I think they spray painted the divots after a guy hit. It is unbelievable. Um I mean, I'm ready to go back next year. <laughs> like seriously. I've I'm ready to go back next year. Yeah, no, it uh I mean, obviously goes without saying Augusta is one of those cathedrals of golf, if not the cathedral of golf. And seeing it on TV, I can't even imagine being there. Like you said, the the grass just looks greener there. You know, the you got the blooming azalea. So I mean the fact yeah. that you were there, that that's gotta be awesome. Um how I many how about the concessions? You uh you hit up the concessions at all? Oh, Did yeah. you a pimento cheese of or course. egg salad or whatever it was? Of course. The pimento cheese and the egg salad are the two big ones. You think it's just a it's pimento cheese and on two pieces of white bread. You're right. thinking how good can it be and it sounds kind of disgusting if you think about it just who eats a cheese sandwich but i'm telling you what pretty good and for a dollar 50 even better this the concessions are so cheap so i got a beer two bottles of water two bottles of water two pimento cheese sandwiches and two bags of chips to stash when we went up to 18 after the leaders hit up nine and it was like 13.50 nice it was so nice. The cheap, the most expensive thing was craft beer for five dollars. It was Blue Moon, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. So I guess do you want me to take take us what we did throughout the day? I guess or yeah, yeah. Let's see. Let's hear it. And if you have any questions, just uh, chime in. So we said we got there, put the chairs on eighteen, and so the deal with the chairs is you get chairs. There's really not a lot of grandstands there. Where you put your chairs down, you leave there, and you can walk wherever. Yeah. And if someone's sitting in there, you can uh, you just tell them, hey, these are our chairs. You you got to get out, and they'll go sit somewhere else. So that is a total game changer. So we got our chairs on 18, just left of the bunker. Um, and then we it was only like 745, so then we hit the pro shop up, which, I mean, that thing is just a cash register, just just – I mean, they're just printing money in there, yeah. everything. And the stuff wasn't – it was normally priced, so it wasn't it wasn't bad. Then we hit up the range since no one else was out there. We saw Vijay Singh on the range, Tiger and Phil the Thrill on the range. And then we were like, all right, let's go walk the course now. So we followed Ian Poulter and Brian Harmon for um, most of it. We missed our first couple of holes because then we – we got behind the Phil crowd, so we need to get around Phil. So we followed Poulter and Harmon as we walked one, two, and three. We picked them up on four and followed them from four to number 15. Wow. Or four through 12 or something, and then walked some other guys. And we stopped on Amen Corner a little bit to watch Phil and a couple other groups hit on 11 and 12. The, the elevation, everyone says you don't realize the elevation changes until you get there. But it is unbelievable. Yeah. Like walking up the sixth hill to get to five green, that is a, I mean, uh-huh. it's a steady incline. Yeah. And then going down the 10th hill, you just, you're like, wow, this is amazing. And then just when you get to Amen Corner, you see 12 green with the azaleas uh, up back behind it with the backdrop. And you got 11 there on the leaderboard. You're just like, holy cow, this is like, you can't just, you're just saying, wow. And I, I mean, people that, uh, I've been there before. They probably still say a while, but for a first time, you could definitely tell who the first timers were. I think there, and you're just like, "Holy, this is unbelievable!" Now, did you ever did you run into any guys that you could tell have been there for a while, and they're kind of like these these new guys around here? Is everyone pretty cool? I mean, I I don't know. I feel uh, like Augusta can kind of be one of those like uh, you get you get a lot of the snooty types there. They're like, "Oh man, this is my tenth year being here." <laughs> okay, so when we were sitting on the range, um. There was a guy, there were two guys that had been there for their first time over the row ahead of us. And then this other guy 
came and sat down next to them, so right in front of me, and he was almost talking worse than Vandy guy. Oh, jeez. But this was his deal. So his boss is a member at Augusta. Okay. So he got him the tickets, and he's been coming for three years. So he was giving these guys, these two guys next to him, I think were from Canada who just got their tickets for the first time, the whole, like, he goes, so he lives in St. Louis, and I was listening a little bit to him and just to see how, like, oh, look at me, whatever this guy was. He was like, I live in St. Louis, and they have the PGA Championship there at Bell Reve, the 100th PGA Championship. It's another major. And he goes, I won't even go. It just nothing compares to this. I'm thinking these are still the best golfers in the world. Like, yeah. you still go for a day. That was, like, the most elitist thing I heard. But, I mean, it's, it's look, it's a very white crowd. Yeah, I mean, right. the patrons, it's a lot of white people out there, which you can imagine. I'm not... I mean, that's just how it is. But there's a lot of foreigners that were there. A lot of foreigners were there. and um, But now I can really tell how many – everyone's just happy to be there. Yeah, that's the like, – okay. Like the vibe when we were walking in, like when we got held up by the security guard, people were like, oh, in like a funny way. Just yeah. like no one's getting mad at parking. Like the parking was so easy leaving. No one was really mad. Well, shoot, if it's free, how can you get angry? Oh, I know. Um, but it's just like everyone was just happy walking in to be there. Everyone had a smile on their face. It's like August. I, I assume that's how it is every day. But especially on Sunday, it was like that. That's that's cool, man. That, that's somewhere that I uh, I would really like to go as well. My my fiance's father was actually uh, there from Monday to Wednesday. That's cool. Yeah, so he he went and checked it out. Um, he said it was great. They got to walk. <clears throat> excuse me. They got to walk the grounds. Um, I think Tuesday, and he just said it was it was it was great, man. So uh, he's been so, there before, right? Yeah, he's he's been there before, but he still he said even though you know he's. I think this was his second or third time going, but he said every time he goes, it's still you know kind of mesmerizing just because it it's is. like it's it's Augusta, you know what I mean? Like I said, it's it's the Taj Mahal of golf courses or whatever you want to call it. So that's pretty cool, man. That's got to be a pretty neat uh, uh, experience. Did you did you get to see Tiger or any of the we big guys did. at all? You know, Jordan, Roy, any of those guys? So then what we did after we followed Poulter, we went to fifteen, which is the par five down the hill with the pond in the lake, yeah. the pond in front, and uh, we sat there from VJ's group until. Like Zach Johnson and Webb Simpson came in. So we saw Phil. We saw Phil on like three and four. And then we saw Phil on 15, Eagle 15. We saw Tiger walking down too. But then we saw him on 15, Tiger Eagle 15 too. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. And then we did. That's the only time we saw Tiger. We didn't want to bet. I mean, the Tiger crowds right, are yeah. brutal. And with him being out pretty early, a lot of people wanted to follow him just to see the course. So then what we did is 15. Uh, 17 and 7 are kind of all stacked like next to each other, mm -hmm. parallel to each other. Um, so then we went up to number 7 when we were heading back up, and we saw Jordan on number 7. He missed that short birdie putt, but he was already 3 under on his day, I think, or four, 3 or 4 under on his day. Saw them tee off on 8. And then we went up to 9 because 9 was right next to 18, so we watched all the leaders on 9. And this is me playing check chess when everyone else is doing <laughs> checkers because – on nine we were at was just right of the flag, level with the pin. And the rate Westwood one guys, Bob Papa and whoever was doing the coverage was Bob Papa had a monitor right in front of them watching with the TV of the coverage. So whenever there wasn't a shot there, I'd just go watch the monitor. So I was watching the because there's no electronics on the course, no phones, no nothing. Right. All the scoreboards are just those manual scoreboards. So I'm watching the thing, I'm like, damn. Patrick Reed on seven put it to like two inches and all these guys, how you doing? I'm like, the guy's got a monitor here. <laughs> and Bob Papa looks back at me and he just smiles. I'm like, 
I'm watching. I gotta watch the. T- I gotta watch the stuff. And he was laughing. The other guy was laughing. He had a little can of skull next to him down there. Oh so there you go, Bob. Um, but so we did that. So then we watched the leaders from from probably Jordan's group, uh, maybe a group before DJ, um, before that, and then until Rory and Patrick came through on number nine. So we got to see the leaders more, and that was big because the chair thing again. You can just go right back to eighteen. Yeah. So we saw Rory, and we I saw Rory's putts. We were right. You saw Rory's putt on nine. He was just right of the hole. We were dead, like right dead center behind them. And I saw the putt from Cameron Smith before, and I'm like, he's missing this. He's lying too far out to the right. It didn't break left enough. It's like a right edge, and he missed it too far out to the right. And the guys behind around us were like, how do you? I was like, I saw the putt literally six groups before that. So that was kind of cool. And just seeing, and that was cool because it's down the hill, and you could see the shots coming in the whole way. And tracking, tracking the ball and everything like that. And then after that, we just went and sat at 18. We hindsight's 2020. We probably should have tried and gone to 15 and got a seat there just to because then we could have, after Jordan came through, we could have gone back up to uh, 18. But we just hung out on 18 just to see whatever. But the roars, deciphering the roars yeah like you could tell the roar for jordan on 12 when he made the birdie putt was you're like all right yeah that's a birdie from jordan the roar when he made that 30 30 footer on 16 was so loud really that everyone knew what it was and I, they showed on the coverage i don't that the guy putting the scoreboard in the scores for jordan in and then the roar front on uh, 18 going up i mean you could tell it was a birdie just to see it that was another funny thing so whenever they they change the scores people are if it wasn't a roar you're kind of like oh is it a par you didn't hear anything people are like triple bogey for reed come on give me a <laughs> give me a bogey for reed give me a bogey here give me a bogey there and it wouldn't and they'd be like oh and then rory would groan or then another guy made a birdie and they would cheer follow it was so funny it was so an anti-read crowd and it was hilarious like i almost i felt bad for the guy there was another guy around us we're like we feel bad for the guy now we'll cheer for him if he makes it now i was rooting for a playoff but yeah see that, yeah. that i was sitting at home uh watching it too and that's what i was rooting for i was rooting for a playoff so i was rooting for uh you know, before before Ricky Fowler made his birdie putt on, uh, I think it was seventeen to 18. go. Uh, was it eighteen to go? Yeah, 18, uh, yeah. fun, fourteen under. Um, I was hoping for a, a Jordan Patrick Reed playoff, and even if Ricky got in there, I thought that'd be great for sure. Um, does does Masters still do a full eighteen hole playoff? No, it's just day? no, no. That's the U.S. Open that oh, does the, it, okay, but they stopped that this year. Yeah, that's what I thought. I knew I knew it either was going to change or it had already changed. So the the playoff hole is 18 and then goes over to 10. Okay. So we would have only hoped to root for a one-hole playoff to see yeah. it. But the Jordan drive. Okay, so Jordan, we can talk about Jordan's round here. Jordan's round was spectacular. Yeah. But I think people are giving him a little bit of a free pass for his drive clipping the branch on 18. Do you agree with that or not? Because, yes, he was, the story, he was one of the stories of the round. And people will probably remember Jordan's near charge more than Patrick Reed's win, just because that's how he's more, uh, more of a favorite guy oh, on yeah, tour yeah, for sure. But I mean, he hit a limb that I don't think I've ever seen someone hit a limb on 18 at the Masters, and he needs a par. And he's excuse me, he's three holes ahead of Reed. He could have won. He could have put the pressure on Reed because Reed said he looked at the scoreboard. He looks at the scoreboards all the time. Right. He sees Jordan in at fourteen, and he's at fourteen or fifteen, and he's thinking, "Oh man, I got to play. I don't. Ha- I only have a one shot cushion." And Ricky, then he bogeys that. He's got a two shot cushion. I think I'm not like I'm not saying Jordan needs to get ripped for hitting the tree, but I think people are overlooking that he hit the tree on eighteen, and it 
it it ruined an amazing round and made it a great round, I think. Yeah, see, I would agree with that. It, I mean, obviously, would have put himself in much better position to sure. either par or birdie that hole. That par putt that he had was brutal. I mean, he you could tell he thought he had the right read on it, and it broke. I think it broke left. If yeah, you're it looked looking like his it broke way. left. Yeah, yeah, and so he you know just left it short there, and that that was kind of. I think that was uh, kind of his nail in the coffin. That's you know because at that point Patrick Reed was still fifteen under, and uh, and so there, the, it was all on Patrick Reed if there was going to go to a playoff. So you know that was that was rough. Like I said, for an otherwise spectacular round, that was the one blip on the map. Which every so often Jordan will have that one hole that just kind of makes or breaks his his round for the day, and that just so happened to be eighteen. Well, and the most important hole too, like you're you're nine under sixty three, the course record. Yeah. Lowest round, you're coming back from nine shots, and then you clip the tree in the shoot. And to me, it just, it was so weird seeing him down there. We're like, wow, how's he, how is he down there? Like, what mm-hmm. happened? We got to see this on TV later. And man, he just, of course, he goes right when he hits it, he goes, last branch, clear it, clear it, and it hit it. Nuts. And he had a great pitch shot in there, though, to, uh, or 100 yard shot in there to, to give him a chance for par. But to me, that took a little life out of the, out of the great, maybe I'm being too hard on him. No, but, no, I would agree. I mean, but, you probably have a better read on it sitting there than, but I mean, sitting at home, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, no, no, I'm just saying that other people are like, oh, he's, it's 18, all oh, big deal. He bogeyed, yeah, but he bogeyed, it changed the whole complexion of the round. And for Reed, I ended up watching the final round yesterday. We fast through kind of the front nine and just see some of the things, checking if we were on TV or. I think our my sleeve and my dad's hat was maybe on once at the end when Reed was locking up eighteen, <laughs> but it was, it was hard to tell. We we need to we need to plan our better. We knew where the camera shots were. We just really didn't seek those out. But um, but Reed that shot on seventeen that hit the pin, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, I know. If that's about a quarter inch to the left, that's in. You know what I mean? In or a quarter inch to the right, and, and he's fifteen yeah, feet, and, and he's gone. tied with he's tied with Fowler. Or he's he's even going into eighteen, and who knows? He's going to do the helicopter. The fact that he did the helicopter <laughs> on the tightest—I mean, that is a, such a narrow area. Yeah. And for someone who draws the ball like I do, props to him because I can't—I could barely hit a cut. It's more of a block out to the right. But the fact he did the helicopter on the most pressure drive of his life—amazing credit to him. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, that's something that you know obviously separates the the guys that are going to win these tournaments and the guys that you know your Tony Romos. For, <laughs> yeah, though there was a so there was a funny story um, with the chair situation. These two, this woman in a blue hat, don't know her name, and I guess her boyfriend or something. They put two chairs down, and the good thing for about us, we put our chairs down next to two blue chairs. Everyone else has the green Augusta chairs, and they have business cards in the back so you know which ones. Ours also on the bag had, like, this pink identifier thing where you could see it. But these two people could not find their chairs around 18. They're like, we're, like, right around these two blue chairs, and we're right here, and we're looking at the name tags right by us. Not there. I don't know if someone moved them, but they came back. They were looking for a half hour, if not 45 minutes, in periodic trying to find their chairs. And when the leader, with about five groups, six groups left, we never saw them again. So who knows if they found their chairs, if not. But it was hilarious. Everyone's looking around, and one guy goes, you've been here for 30 minutes, and we haven't found their chairs. What do you want to do? So that was pretty wild, finding someone losing their chairs or whatever. Another thing, so you know how at other golf terms they have the marshals with the quiet please under that? No marshals around the greens. The only marshals they have is the is to um have hold the ropes out there for the walkways across the fairways. So if you're in the stands, you'll have one security guard 
making sure everything. But no one's putting the hands up quiet. Please, none of that. It's like a police yourself crowd. That's awesome. And it was weird, but it's also really cool. So we're on 15 in the stands. And you could walk up when people were coming in. But when you were on the green, they wanted you to sit there, not to disrupt anything like you should. Right. This teenage boy had to be about 17 or 18, maybe a little older than that, gets up to walk. And the security guard points and goes, get back in your chair. And... <laughs> Then it was my dad and I were like, whoa, okay. And then when when couples, like adults would do it, he'd be like, can you just please sit much nicer? Hey, can you just please sit down in your chair? My dad and I were like, little ageism here. This guy just got reamed for getting up. But you could tell he was like, oh, boy. And uh, <laughs> he just sat that down. That was hilarious. That kid saw his badge flash before his eyes right there. That That's was funny. so – oh, it was hilarious. It was hilarious. But the course is just spectacular. Who else? Dust, there were some guys that I was just disappointed. Rory, I think Rory, the big thing about Rory, he makes that eagle putt on number two, that yeah. like five-footer. Yeah. I think it's a completely different golf tournament because he made par after he almost whiffed on one off the tee. Mm -hmm. And then he just I think he just lost confidence. Every time he made a birdie, it seemed like he made a bogey on the hole right after. Like he, like he birdied two, bogeyed three, birdied four bogeyed five like there was no mojo when he makes that eagle he's tied with reed they see the putters work and it could have been a completely different day yeah i mean it it, it could have but like i said just the way reed was putting man it was just unreal For sure. I mean, he was in the zone yeah he was he was totally locked in i mean like you said we brought up the one that hit the pin I mean, he, he smoked that shot for sure, but, I mean, it was dead on. Like I said, a little to the left, that's in, but also a little to the right. You know, it's about 15 or 20 feet past the pin, but he was just having one of those days where everything he was he was hitting from the greens was going in or darn near close to set himself up for either birdie or par putt. So, I mean, hats off to him for sure. I like to see what he does, uh, you know, in the coming weeks just as far as the how the golf uh, – community views him i mean there's been stories of him stealing watches and money from guys from his teammates in college and cheating in college, in college yeah. in georgia georgia yeah uh, there was a uh, i heard and a story that he was one of the national championships when he was at augusta state yeah uh, his teammates were even telling his playing partner hey man we're kind of rooting for you to beat patrick reed even though like, we're we want to win the national yeah. title we'll win our match but you beat yeah you beat yeah. patrick reed and that's just unreal to me that's like you know hoping your teammate goes up to the plate and strikes out on three straight pitchers something like that in the world series like that's that's nuts to me but you know like i said hopefully it can kind of turn around I, I i seem to gravitate and like the the heel characters so i'll you know probably start following patrick reed a little bit closer to just to see what he does i mean winning the masters can really uh turn things around for you as far as your career goes not like he was having a bad career either i mean like no you said, he was he's, having a good yeah, career good, yeah so far so i mean uh we'll, we'll just kind of see where things go from from here on out yeah and um patrick reed so rory after the round on saturday Goes, uh, oh, all the pressure's on Reed. He's up three or whatever thing. And then he kept saying all the pressure was on Patrick Reed, this and that. And I read an article yesterday, I think it was in ESPN.com, that Patrick Reed's parents were watching that. And they were like, oh, no, this is not good for Rory. Like, he's just firing up Patrick Reed. Even though he's not watching, his wife's watching or his in-laws are watching. They're just feeding him this. And all the guys are picking Rory to win. Like, he's got a three-shot lead, but no one expects him to win. That's just going to fire him up some more. And, I, I mean, it did. He 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 – Beat Rory, and the thing is, Rory knows he's better than Patrick Reed. Right. Because Rory probably is a better golfer than Patrick yeah. Reed. But guess what? <clears throat> Patrick Reed doesn't know that, and Patrick Reed doesn't believe it because the two times they played in the final round of the Masters, let it it was a three-shot lead, 
But Reed won. He beat him score head to head. Mm-hmm. And then at the Ryder Cup when they played two years ago, he beat him two and one. So in Patrick Reed's mind, he's thinking, I'm a better golfer than Rory, which if you look at it head to head, he's beaten him twice. It's just Rory doesn't believe it, and not really many other people believe it. And the only one that needs to believe it is Patrick Reed. And he goes out there and just kills everyone. Well, and didn't he at one point say, hey, I'm the best golfer in the he world? He said, right I'm now? a top five, golfer. top five golfer. After okay. he won his second tour event, it's the cat. It was the Cadillac. Champ- it's the Cadillac Championship. Now it's the WGC in Mexico. WGC is a big golf event. Right. He goes, I'm a top five player in the world. And he was like 30th in the world at the time. He's at his highest ranking in the world right now at 11th. And that is, that's one of them that I think people are like, oh, who's this guy? That was four years ago, four or five years ago. And he, that's kind of the like, oh, who is this guy, Patrick Reed? Like, you, you, you've won twice this year. Cool. But really, you're going to go out and say you're a top five player? Yeah, golf fans don't like a whole lot of personality, so the fact no, that No, they like personality, in the but, but not the way Fowler's he's... Fowler's got personality. Yeah, I would... Yeah, no, Fowler definitely They like has personality. personality. They just don't want you to be cocky or arrogant or anything like that because they love Rory. Like, the, it was amazing. Rory would come up and be like, let's go, Rory, let's go, Rory. And then Reed would come up and be like, oh, okay, Fat Pat, here you go. <laughs> yeah, 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 okay, Patrick. Yeah, I mean, I get, I, I wouldn't when I, when I think of guys with personality, I don't know if I, if Rory would definitely top the list, but no, I mean, I'm not Ricky, Ricky Fowler definitely For does sure. have some have some flair to him. But I don't know, I, I just like what it's just more the likable guy. Yeah, the likableness, I guess. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right. I, I, or I think it comes to who would you rather want to play around to golf with, Fowler, Spieth, or Rory? You have some fun. Or like Patrick Reed, who just seems like he would just want to kill you, even if you're playing a friendly Wolf Hammer game. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, as long as my golf bag is locked and I got my wallet in my pocket, I think I'll be <laughs> yeah. good with Patrick Reed. I know. He's a wild story, and um, I just can't get enough about reading about the relationship with his parents or whatever Yeah, because and his, and his sister. That, to me, is fascinating. But, yeah, the whole Augusta thing is amazing. The, the pro shop, like I said earlier, is amazing. And then you could ship your stuff out, so you don't have to carry it the whole day. Oh, nice. So we shipped. We made two trips to the pro shop, one at the end to let some of the traffic uh, go out and then one in the morning so all the all the other stuff went in the morning shipped out there you could check it in and wait but yeah the no cell phones thing was wild and we forgot to wear a watch so we were trying to figure out the time and like not knowing what the time was was weird and everything but yeah it's definitely made out to everything it is and um reed is the champion look I, like i said earlier to be there to see him read it was it was kind of a little disappointing we're fine with it now but we would have Rather had someone else, but it's uh it's pretty amazing and like nothing compares to it. Like I we I was lucky enough to go to the U.S. Open at Pebble. I think I said a couple of shows ago. That is like majestic and picturesque and everything, right? But this like doesn't even compare to it because that's more on the that's on the ocean, the shoreline, everything like that. This is just and the place it's around. Like you hear it's in a there's we saw the John Daly Hooters, his RV outside yeah. the Hooters is coming up. It's just a much there's a pot there's a restaurants around there and it's just uh i mean it's just everything it's made out to be and even then some like it's definitely a top two or three maybe even number one like the ohio state national championship game was really cool but i mean i think this might it's up there this is in the top of the list for what what happens on the uh on the sports list. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. You know, that's definitely something I'd like to get out to eventually one, you know, sometime before I die just to kind of check it out just as a sports fan in general. So the fact that yes. you're able to check that out, man, that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our Masters recap. Be sure to tune in to the short thing on Sunday nights. And then we're now at 7 p.m. on Talk Radio 1190. And thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a great week. We'll talk to you Sunday. Thanks.